Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. up to the book of Revelations chapter 3, and I want to continue on with the teaching of the seven churches of Revelation. This will be the end of the church of Philadelphia, and then we have one more church, and after that, we had a meeting, a staff meeting, and we all felt the same thing, and I want you to hear me. This is a time of miracles. We are seeing incredible miracles in people's lives, physical miracles, family miracles, financial miracles. And so once we finish with this series, and I have one more church to do on this, once we finish this, we're going to start a series and we're going to call it the Summer of Miracles. And every week, every week, we're going to deal with a certain issue And then we're going to have a prayer time at the end that God can do miracles. We all felt this, that God said, give me the time. Give me the chance to be the God of miracles. So the summer of miracles. All right, Revelations chapter 3, and we're on the church of Philadelphia. Revelations 3, verse 7, I believe, right? Yeah. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. Now, first off, let me just go back and rehash a little bit of what we went over when we first started the church of Philadelphia before we got into Eastern Resurrection and the Great Shabbat. Here he says... He who is holy, and I'm not going to go long on this. We need to understand that Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. He is a holy God. He expects us to be holy people. And I don't care what others are preaching. We are to be a holy people. Somebody say amen. Amen. I I am shocked at some of the messages that's being preached that says, I've heard friends of mine that have said, if you try to live holy, you are negating the grace of God. That is a false teaching. It is an end time false teaching. And the Lord, when he spoke to John, he said, write these things down. Don't paraphrase them, write them down. The first thing he says in this one is, He who is holy. Our God is a holy God, and it doesn't matter if it's 2022. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I need a better amen than that. He who is true. God's word is true. It does not change because it's 2022. It does not change uh, to be... be, um, acceptable in the time we live. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what Wall Street says. I really don't care what the White House says. Our God's word is true. As a matter of fact, God said anybody who teaches anything that isn't my word, they are a liar. Amen. Amen. 
It hasn't changed. Well, you know, it's, it, this was 2,000 years ago. It is the same word. He says he has the key of David, and he, it's he who opens, and no one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. Now, first off, what we need to understand is that, well, let me read the whole thing and, and, and get through this. All right. I know your work. See, I've set before you an open door that no one can shut, for you have little strength, and have kept my word and not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet to know that I have loved you, that they know that I've loved you because you have kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go out no more, and I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, let me hit on this very quickly, and then I'm going to get into some uh, uh, an amazing revelation. First off, when we talked about this, the Church of Philadelphia is called the Church of Brotherly Love. Now, we hit on this last time, but I want to reemphasize something that I believe is phenomenally important. Jesus said, now the, the, church, the church of Philadelphia is a church that makes the rapture. The church of Philadelphia is a church that you're going to see in a minute has a phenomenal promise to them. And this is the revelation we're going to get to at the very end of this. But the first thing we want to see is what pleases God about the church of Philadelphia above anything else is they are a church that loves one another. Jesus said these words, they will know that you are my disciples in that you have love one for another. Now, I want you to stop and think about that. They said, this is how they out there will know we in here belong to him up there because you can quote a lot of scripture. Is that what he said? Because you don't smoke, cuss, or chew, or hang out with those who do. That's not what he said. All of that is good. But he said this one thing, one thing, this one thing will prove that you belong to Jesus Christ. And that one thing is this. You love one another. You love each other whether you're young and old. You love each other whether you're white, black, and brown. You love each other whether you're male or female. You love each other. You know, um, the, the guys the guys in the in the back, uh, Pastor Wannison told me that our social media in the last few weeks has just skyrocketed. 
It's just skyrocketed and people watching our videos and listen to our teaching. And they said this one, they took something that I said in one of the services. And I said this, I, I don't know if it was exactly this. I said, there are no Baptists going to heaven. There are no assembly of God going to heaven. There are no Lutheran going to heaven. There are no um, white people going to heaven, black people going. There are children of God going to heaven. There are children of God going to heaven. And people would watch it and they go, well, there's no Baptist going. And they, they'd write in and go, how can he say that? How can he say that? And, and everybody would be like, listen to the next two seconds. But in Christianity, see, when I, and, and I don't know if I share this or not, but when I first got saved, I got saved and, and you know, I was a drug dealer and a drug addict and came out to Flagstaff, Arizona, running from the law. I've been selling drugs to a narcotics agent and I ran to hide. I found out there were warrants, seven warrants out for my arrest. And I got a job at this one place and, and, uh, the lady was, uh, a, a, a deacon in her church and never told me about Jesus, never told me about the kingdom of God never told me about the love of the Lord. But one day I come back to work and I said, man, I got saved last night. You guys won't believe last night. I went to church and I gave my life to the Lord and Jesus came in my heart. Her, her response was what denomination? She didn't say, Oh, praise God. What denomination? And I said, uh, the one with Jesus in it. See, there's not going to be Baptists lining up here and Presbyterians lining up here and Lutherans lining up here. And, you know, new beginnings will be at the front. We know, we, I mean, we know that. I mean, that's obvious. They're not going to be white people line and black people line and brown people line and male line and female line. No, we're all the family of God. A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. But oh, the power of unity. The power of unity. Can I, can I tell you something? We're working right now for about this time next year to do a march of unity. To get churches and denominations and Jews and Gentiles to come together. And we're going to call it, uh, what, did you, what name did you call it? Unite the Light. Unite the light. Let's get, let's, let's, let's tear down the walls and let's all, let's do a big march, get thousands of people saying, you know what? We love one another. The Bible says one of Tiss's favorite scriptures, where there is unity, I will command my blessing here. I can remember the first time T.D. Jakes came and taught, uh, uh, preached up in our church when we were in Portland. And he said to me afterwards, he said, you got to show your congregation on television. I said, why? He goes, oh my gosh, Larry, there's white people and black people and brown people. There's people that own business. There's people in off the streets. He said, this is, you know what? One of the greatest compliments I ever got in my whole life came from somebody that went to T.D. Jakes' church. And he said, he said one time to his, his people, he said, we're trying to build great churches. Pastor Larry's trying to build great people. And that happens when we're together. There should not be, we should not be divided. You know, we're all looking through a glass darkly. We're all learning the word of God, but we should be more united on Sunday morning than any other time. They out there will know we in here belong to him up there by one thing. We have love one for another. You know, I, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I don't believe you can be a mean Christian. 
What does Christian mean? Christ-like. I don't believe, I believe you can be a mean uh, religious person, but you can't be a mean Christ-like person. I've, I, I, you know, when I first got saved, I, you know, I knew nothing about religion, but holy cow, I, I, I met so many people that looked like they were baptizing lemon juice instead of baptizing the Holy Ghost. I mean, they're mad at everybody. They're just negative about everything. The church of brotherly love. If we say we love God and we don't love one another, we are liars and the truth of God can't get in us. Jesus said, I give you a fresh commandment, love one another. You know, you smiling at somebody when they walk in, you taking a moment to shake hands, a stranger, say, good to see you, what's your name, how are you? Just being kind will do more for that person's life than any sermon I can ever preach. Amen. Here's, here, I know this sounds cultish, but I'm going to say it anyway. Christians ought to be nice people. Amen. Christians ought not be the meanest person on the block. Christians ought not be the crabbiest person at work. Christians ought to be the nicest person around because we have Christ living inside of us. Amen. I, I, I can't remember if I taught you, told you this, but it's one of the great things. You know, you know, people ask me all the time, Pastor Larry, what is the number one? I get this asked all the time when people start getting introduced, especially pastors introduced to the Jewish roots. And they say, what is the number one thing that changed when you started studying the Jewish roots of the Bible? I said, that's simple. I learned how to treat people. I learned how to treat people. That we are to love one another. Not, not be mean to one another, not be unforgiving to one another. We need to be kind. Say the word kind, kind. to one another. You know, I, I was thinking about this, um, and, and I want to get through because I got a tremendous revelation at the end. But I was thinking about this. You, here's a church, the Church of Philadelphia that God is rewarding in ways that is unimaginable. And I'm going to get to that, I hope, before it's over. And I started thinking about where we are right now. You know, we're, we're between Passover and Pentecost. We're between Passover, the resurrection of, the, of Jesus, and Shavuot. It's the, there's 49 days. There's seven weeks. And then when we get to Shavuot... And we're half. We're we're on. I think we're on day fifteen today. Tonight is sixteen, right? And when we get to Shavuot, when we get to Pentecost, God refreshes the Holy Spirit in us. But also on the day of Pentecost, now receive this. On the day of Pentecost is when God brings the main miracle of financial blessing into your life. That's what, that's what the blessing of the first fruit of Pentecost is. It's a, it's a financial blessing. On Passover, we gave a barley offering. They gave a barley offering. That's the offering of slaves. That's the offering of, uh, 
of uh, animals. That's what they fed animals. But on Pentecost, we give on that first fruit, we give a wheat offering, a double offering, because we've gone from being ruled by the world, by Egypt, to being understand that God is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And now we're the head and not the tail. Amen. And, and when I was working on this, I, I was in my office and I came out, I was in my office about four hours and I came out and Tiz said, are you finished? And I said, you know, I've, I've, I've got everything, but I'm missing something. And, I, and so, I, you know, I was walked out and I go, nah, I think I'm finished. But I, I knew I was missing that rhema, that, that here's, the, here's the living word for the moment. Because I had all the facts and I said, you know, I'm going back in. And I went back in my office and I just began to pray and, and man, God showed me something. I mean, just, um, um, God showed me something amazing. I go, that's it. And then this morning when I got up, I thought this ties directly in with loving one another. Right now we're in counting the Omar. We have seven weeks to, and it's going from, you know, when you're a slave, you cheat people you hide stuff. You have a mentality of, if I don't take care of me, I won't be taken care of. But there was seven weeks, the seven spirits of God of going from the world mentality of get all I can, can all I get and sit on the lid to, you know what? I'm serving God almighty, unlimited. And so this morning I got up and I said, what day are we on? And I went, as I was waiting for Tiz, I went, today is the 15th day. And it's the day in which we receive the spirit of God called kindness. It's called kindness. And I started thinking of the blessing that's on Philadelphia. Do you know, do you even realize, and forgive me for going off a little bit you realize how kind you have been to the world in the last few years because when i saw this god said here's what i'm going to do for these people and it's connected with brotherly love it's connected with kindness you know i think we're up to thirty thousand jews that we're helping come out of ukraine and by the way not only jews we're getting Gentiles out too. It's not like, oh, this is a Jew bus. You can't get on there. No, if there's room, there's all, there's all kinds of people coming out. But, and, they, and they tell them, they said, well, how did you come and get us? They say, we, we've got friends in Dallas. We got, we got friends in Dallas and they're friends all over, all over. So we know we're helping Jews. You know, um, uh, Derek put my pin on today that if you see it's the, uh, star of David, it's Israel and the United States, but there's a little blood thing. We, we buy at least every year you buy at least every year. One, most of the time, two ICU units, ambulances that are emergency units on wheels each one of those that you buy and i don't know how many we've bought now seven or eight each one of them saves an average of ten thousand lives we work with the hospitals we work uh help build hospitals we built an emergency room in the hospital in haifa we have the kids program with the schools for abandoned kids we have all this stuff going on we i think we do did they show the thing on on the holocaust I think you feed, you feed every day. I think it's 
2,000 Holocaust survivors in Israel every day. You feed them. We have an orphanage in Haiti. We do feeding programs in Cuba for kids. We do feeding programs in Dominican Republic for kids. You feed, talk about kindness, you feed 50,000 meals a month to children in Africa, in Zimbabwe. 50,000 a month. This, this is, this, and so when I get, and I'm going to get there, when I get to the revelation of blessing that God showed me in this, you need to understand this is you. Amen. This is you. Yeah, you know, I can remember, I can remember, how many years ago, John, did we go, you and, and Scott and John, uh, Luke and I went to Haiti? Ten years, ten years, because you, you got your two kids from there. Huh? I can remember Lauren sent me down and said, I think I want a, I want a child out of one of our orphanages in Haiti. And I said, going back, I said, how's this one look? He goes, oh, she's beautiful. I go, but it comes with a brother. <laughs> Double blessing. Whenever you work with me, look how beautiful she is. She was, a, she was, do you remember that? Do you remember? But she was a baby. But anyway, we went down, we were down in, in Haiti and well, we were here and, and the church was struggling. I mean, we, we had gone through a thing. People thought I was a heretic because I'm teaching Jewish roots. And I stood against uh, a president that was pro um, abortion. He was pro abortion and I stood against him. And we had 3000 families walk out of our church in the other building, walk out in, in one day, two days, two weeks, walk out. And uh, so this guy calls me. I don't even know how he got my number to this day. I don't know how he got my number. And he said, listen, the earthquakes hit. People are starving. You've never seen a nation like this. The whole nation had collapsed. Dead people everywhere. It was crazy. And he said, I've got all this food down in, in Florida, but I can't get it across. I need somebody to pay for it. Guys, we didn't have two nickels extra. We were, we were hurting, hurting, hurting bad. But I knew that people were starving. So I said, okay, we'll pay for it. But we're coming down to make sure that food shows up because I will not give you something and you don't do what you're saying you're going to do. So we went down there and we're, we're literally, what, for three days cooking this food. The UN had to come out and guard us because people were starving and they were storming us when we're we're little we're literally cooking the food and we're handing it out on the back of these trucks for people to eat and this one lady who was a doctor in dominican comes and she said pastor when's your fly and we are filthy we're sweaty we haven't showered for three days and and which which for john it wasn't a big deal he doesn't use that <laughs> She said, what, when's your plane leaving? I said, well, we don't leave for three or four hours. She goes, can I show you something? And so she set me up. This doctor set me up, took us to this place. And this little pastor has, would rent a, 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 or borrow a little truck and get these babies off of the street because they were selling them into the slave market these babies because their parents were dead and and he had this corrugated rusted metal against the building he had a little little bitty church about the size of the platform and i said and i looked in there there's 50 kids in there babies and their skin's rotting and and i said brother why don't you put them in the building he said my denomination said this is in an orphanage it's a house of god see that's not brotherly kindness right 
That's, that's a, God, don't you know that God would say, bring them in? Bring them in. Are you kidding me? So he's got them out there. No toilet, no running water, no food, nothing. This guy's there. And I'm standing there. Guys, we were, we were dying. We were not able to pay our own bills. And I'm standing there, and God says, build them an orphanage. And this was, what, June, I think, something like June. And I'm thinking, okay, well, we get through the summer. People will come back from the summer. And I was thinking, oh, okay, we'll build it in September. And God says, they'll be dead by September. So I asked the guy, I said, what do you think it costs to build an orphanage? He said, probably twenty, twenty-five thousand. 25,000. That would be like today trying to raise $25 million. Seriously, what we had. I mean, we were, we were broke. And I said... All right, we'll do it. Well, the twenty twenty five thousand ended up a hundred thousand by the time we got it done, and and we built them toilets and we built them showers. And we, so I came back to you guys. Some of you guys were here then, and I said, guys, you know, w- w- we got to do this, and because of your brotherly kindness, because of your love, because of the uh, the aspect of God, you said, Pastor, let's do it. And so we built the orphanage, then we took another orphanage, and then we started these other programs. Folks, this is exactly what Christians ought to do. What you do to reach out. You know, someday, excuse me for getting off my notes, someday, soon, you and I are going through the pearly gates. Right? We're close. We are close. And when we get there, there's little kids from Zimbabwe. There's little kids from Haiti. There's Holocaust survivors from Israel. There's Jews that are coming right now out of Ukraine and Russia that's going to walk up to you and thank you, brother. Thank you, sister, for what you've done. And you said, you know what? I don't even know you. And they will say, yeah, but I know what you did. You saved my life. There are 50,000 meals every, think about this, every month in Zimbabwe where those moms and dads no longer have to get up and wonder which child they're going to feed because we are feeding every one of those children and it's because of you. This is the church of Philadelphia and God's blessing is on you. Somebody ought to shout amen. All right, I got to get to, uh, I got way off my notes. That was, that was my inspiration of, of, of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, 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 what did James say? He said, I'll show you my faith by my works. You know, we, we may not be perfect people. But we are, you, you, I'm so proud of you that every, every time we say, you know, we got to step up. There's something else that is happening. This is exactly, let me just jump off. This is exactly what the Lord is saying when he says, I open a door. He said, I open the door. He said, I see your works. I see your deeds. I open a door and you walk through it. There's a lot of doors that open up, but so many times we will, you know, Christians will say, well, what's in it for me? What's it? You guys never do that. You, ne- you never come to me and say, pastor, you know, I had somebody one time and I understand what they're saying when we were in Portland and we we're doing some other project or something. And they came to me and said, pastor, when, when is it the end? You've always got something else we got to do. When is it the end? And I, and I thought about it. I said, probably a second after the rapture. But until then, you know what our calling is? 
Our calling is exactly what Philadelphia did. Our calling is, in Hebrew, it's called tikkun olam. It's called repairing a broken world. There is a world that's broken by hatred and by hunger and by starvation and by violence and by racism and all those other things. And it's our job when God opens that door not to look at the cost, and you never do, but walk through that door. And God said, because that, I open doors that no man can shut. And God is going to continue to open doors because you, we together, and I'm talking about a million partners around the world together we are walking through doors that God you know I think about 28 years ago when I went to Israel I was, we, I was getting ready to do, I was getting ready to leave the ministry I just seen too much I was wore out I'd seen seen so many people that were my heroes and saw what's going on behind the scene and and conning people and money and stuff like that I told Tiz I said we're leaving the ministry we're, we're, going, we're, we're getting out. I, I'm, I'm done with that. And then God opened the door to understand Jewish roots. I went to Israel for the first time and I came back and I said, oh my gosh. And it was just easy for me to see it. And I came back and I told the church, I said, listen, church, this is not a gimmick. This is not a week or a month thing we're going to do. This is the key. This is 28 years ago. This is the key to tearing down the wall between Jew and Gentile. And I'm going to tell you something. For 10 years or 15 years, I was called a heretic. I was called a, a, a false teacher because we're teaching that God is not done with Jews. We're teaching that we did not replace Israel, but we've actually been grafted in. And that door was opened up. And, and I remember when, when of the, meeting with my family when we first came down here. And I said, guys, we're going broke. We're, we're, we can't pay the bills. And I said, we, neither, we either need to stop teaching the Jewish roots or move back to Portland. And Anna, my daughter, said, Dad, God brought us here for such a time as this. Let's keep going. And that door was open, and for 28 years. Now it's very popular. Now, oh, yeah. But then it's not fun getting hate mail and saying I'm going to hell and that I'm a, I'm a heretic. And, and all these other things. But w that door opened up and watch, you're going to see in a minute, when God opens the door and you go boldly through it, there's another door and another door and another door and another door. It's unlimited and it's going to happen like an avalanche in these last days. I'm telling you, your life is going to get very, very exciting the closer we get to the end. Somebody ought to give the Lord a clap offering. All right, I got to get through this because I want to get... So I'm reading this. Let me jump through it real quick. I'm reading this and um, I get down to the end and I tell Tiz I'm missing something. I, I, I'm, I'm not seeing what it is you're saying. Here's the first thing. God says, I see this and you have little strength. Now I hit on this before. But he said, you have little strength. And at first you look at that and you go, man, is, is God insulting them? No, if you read it the way it's written and if you read it in the Hebrew, it's an extremely positive thing. He says, God says, the reason why you're being so blessed is because when I open these doors, 
you know it's not you opening these doors, it's me. Right? Now we hit on that. Because pride comes before a fall. Man, if we get prideful, man, look at, oh, man, I, I, get to, I get to do this and I get to do that. Or look at my job or look at my business. Pride always comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. God says he resists. The, how, many, how many know it's hard enough fighting the devil? right? It's hard enough fighting the devil. I don't want to have to fight God either, but the Bible says God resists the proud. Now, I can't feel like why, why I can't get, and God said him, get, uh, and all of a sudden you go, oh, you know what? It's by grace. It's, it's by grace. Shout grace, Zerubbabel. But the other thing of it is, and this, and this is just a small part of where I'm going. The other part of it is, is when they realize they have little strength, not only do they realize they need, and here's a prophetic word for us today. Not only do they realize that it is God who does that, they realize they need the anointing of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to say this real quick. The last thing, G- and, and we've lost that in the church. We've lost it. The Bible says when you come into my house, you know, if you come to my house, uh, uh, there are rules in my house, right? There are rules. God said, when you come into my house, lift up your hands, shout with the voice of triumph. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, I say this jokingly, but say, oh, I'm too, I'm too cool to praise God. Well, then let God take your breath. Oh, I feel it now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Okay. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We need to call that back into the, into the church world. We need that in, in our lives right now more than ever before. Okay. Now look at this. I, I, let me, there's a whole teaching on that, but let me, let me jump through this. He said, you've not denied my name. You've kept my word. Okay. In a day and age in which, which we're hearing sermons saying, you know, well, that's what it said, but that's 2,000 years old. That's 3,000 years old. He doesn't change. We have not, I am not ashamed that I am a child of God. I am not ashamed of the name of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't hide when, if I'm out public or on an airplane, I pray over, over our food. I pray out loud. I pray, say, uh, you, you want me to pray for your food too? Father in the name. I'm, I'm not ashamed because, because they're trying to make you, they're trying to make you shame, especially in our school system. And I got to hit on this real quick, especially in our school system. You teach your kids to be proud of the name of Jesus. You teach them to be proud of the kingdom of God. Amen. Let me, let me, let me move on real quick. Cause I, I want to hit on this main thing. Now, now, Okay, just a second here. He said, who are of the synagogue of Satan. This is a scripture that, 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 that the, the devil has used for years against the Jewish people. He said, the synagogue of Satan who say they're Jews and they're not. Not. Now, this is not against synagogues. This is not against Jews. This is about people who lifted themselves up to be spiritual leaders, and they are not true spiritual leaders. Amen? 
We see that in, in, in prophecy in our lives today. How many pastors are we seeing come up with crazy doctrines, come up with, come up with crazy teachings, and then they're falling? I watch this thing, and listen, we never, ever need to rejoice over a ministry that falls. Because that's a black eye. That's, a, that, 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 that's not only a black eye to the kingdom of God. That hurts people. But we watch this thing, and there's a great ministry that's done great, great things, and they're going through bad times. And we saw a documentary on them on television. And here's what hit me. Here's what grabbed me is that they're inter- uh, they were interviewing this one young woman, and she was supposedly uh, abused by one of the leaders and everything. And so the interviewer, who's not a Christian, says, well, why did you come to this place? And she said, oh, the excitement, the music, the, the energy. And I thought, she never said, I came to this church or this ministry because of the presence of God because of the anointing of God, because of the word of God. It was about the energy, and we need energy. We need energy. (laughs) We need lights. We need good music. But more than anything else, we need the word of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God. Otherwise, we're just a group showing up. Amen? So watch this. Then he goes on, because you have, now here's where I'm going to close on. Because you have kept my commandment, command to persevere. Because you've kept my command. You haven't got off on the fad. You haven't got off on the side. You've kept my command to persevere. Now I'm going to jump through this real quick. He says, here's the reward. Number one, the first reward is you make the rapture. You do not want to be here and miss the rapture. Amen. Now I'm going to go through this because I want to hit this main part. You, you, you make the rapture and he says, behold, I come quickly. Now here's where I close or get ready to close or pretend I'm closing. <laughs> Good thing they don't put in their liars. He said, behold, I come quickly. If you look at that word qu- quickly, it doesn't mean it's, it's, it's happening tomorrow. This was written 2,000 years ago. It means it will be a sudden coming. And if you look, and I, I've got tons of notes, I just don't have time. If you look, every day our country gets crazier every single day. Go all the way back to when Biden got elected. And I'm not being political, I'm being spiritual. Because these guys are trying to take God out of the country. They're trying to take the economy out of the country. They're trying to take the blessing out of the country. But they can't do it. Because we are one nation under God, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They can't do it. They can't do it. So you got to choose whose side you're going to be on. So look at, he says, I come quickly. And, and, and if you were to ask me, and I know the wicked servant says the master delays his coming. The Lord could come before we say amen at the close of this message. But I believe we're heading into a season of amazing, amazing prosperity and miracles and gifts of the spirit. I really do. I really do. I might be wrong, but I don't think so. 
So right now you got to choose, am I going the world side, the world way, or am I staying like the church of Philadelphia, loving one another, not ashamed of Jesus, staying on the word of God, build our church on the word of God, build your life on the word of God, build your family on the word of God, build your business on the word of God, because God's word is truth. Amen. Now watch this. So we got all this and, and forgive me for running through this. And look at, look at, look at, don't, don't play yet. You're giving, you're giving false hope. Look at verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast to what you have. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me say this. Hold on to November. Things are going to change in November. Right? Hold fast to what you have. No one may take your crown. Oh, there's so much teaching. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. Now, understand, this is Jesus saying, I will write on him the name of my God, because Jesus is subject to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And through Jesus, we go to that God. Jesus is the door that every Gentile goes to the throne of God. And our God is almighty God. All right, I got 11 minutes. I got 11 minutes. So watch this. Watch this. This is a phenomenal end time revelation. He said, I will put the name of my God. Now, here's when I walked out. You know, the first thing I'm looking at is, well, we know in heaven, you know, we're going to be covered in heaven. There is no tears in heaven and all that. But God showed me this. I, I told this, I'm missing something. And I came back. And when you reread it, you realize, yes, that will happen in heaven. But God's not talking about when we get to heaven. He's talking about you who love one another, who stand firm. He's talking about you and I right now in these last days. Now watch this. So say, say right now. Now watch this. He said, the name of my God. Now I looked this up in Hebrew understanding, and it's a sign of ownership. In other words, in other words, terrible, it's a terrible illustration. But I got a new puppy, and we don't let him out without a collar with his name and my name on it and my phone number so that if anybody sees him, he knows who owns that puppy. Well, God said, I'm going to put my name on you. And he said, so when the devil comes sneaking around, he's going to, well, oh, 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 that's not a person of this world. That's a person of the kingdom of heaven. That person right there, I got to keep my hands off because that person is owned by almighty God. Oh, somebody say amen. It's a sign of ownership. It's a sign that says, do not touch. This belongs to almighty God. I got to go, go quickly. Then he says, my city. And when I read that, it, it, it dawned on me. He's talking about diplomatic immunity. He said, I'm going to put the name. You know, there are people that are from other countries. But when they come to America, they have, am I saying that right, John? Diplomatic immunity, which means the laws in, in their environment are different than everybody else's law. 
They get pulled over. They can't get a ticket. They get uh, extra privileges. God said, I'm going to put not only my name on there, but I'm going to let poverty know, and I'm going to let racism know, and I'm going to let sickness know. No, no, no. They may be in this world, but they are not of this world. I am placing on everyone that loves one another and does acts of kindness. I am placing diplomatic immunity on every one of you, and the laws of this world will not touch us because we're under the laws of Almighty God, and our God reigns. Somebody ought to say amen. Now look at this. And then he says, and I'm closing with this. I really am. He says, and I will put my new name on them. I will put my new name on them. Let me give you two revelations that God gave me. Number one is that in Revelations 19.2, you can read it. It says, on the name of the Messiah is an inscripted name that no one knows but him. Now, let me tell you real quick what that means. That means that we know he's the king of kings. We know he's the Lord of lords. We know he's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Mekedesh. He knows that he's the, we, we know he's the great conqueror, that he's the one that can bring gold coins out of fish's mouth. He's the one that opened blind eyes. He's the one that everything you put your hands to will cause to prosper. Every place you, we know that. But there is a name that he is going to expose to the world through you that nobody has even heard of yet. There is something powerful in which God is getting ready to do. And I believe what God spoke to me was so that no man, he doesn't want anybody to be lost. And no one will be able to deny that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Because he's going to show himself strong on your behalf in ways that we have never. All the stories, all the teachings, everything we read. But he said, I got something new coming. And beloved, I believe it's coming right now on the kingdom of God. And all we got to do is stand up for the name above every name. But there's a second part. There's a second part. He said, I, on my new name, I believe there's something in him that we haven't even seen yet. Eye is not seen, ear is not. I believe the power of God, the blessing of God, the financial abundance of God, all this in these last days, because we're going out a glorious bride. We're going out the head and not the tail. We're going out above only, not beneath. We're going out the lender, not the borrower. There will be signs and wonders and miracles. God said, I will confirm my word. I will confirm my word with what? Miracles following, miracles in you, miracles for you, miracles through you. But he says, I will put on you my new name. And when I was praying about that, God said, when the Lord touched Simon, he went from a reed to Peter the rock. When Abraham, the father of our faith, realized there's only one God, he went from Abram to Abraham. God gave him. You can look all through the Bible in which God would give someone who had new revelation of covenant, new revelation of the power and the blessing and the love of God, he would give them a new name. And so the Lord said, not only am I going to reveal myself, 
as no one has ever seen before. You think you know me, but get ready. Oh, what I'm about to do. But he said, at the same time, I reveal my new name. I am going to reveal a new name in you. I am going to rename you. The world has said you're a loser. God says, I'm going to show the world you are more than a conqueror. The world says you're going under. I'm going to show the world you're going over. The world says you can't be blessed. I'm going to show you you're going to be blessed. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together over. I am going to give you a name that nobody has even dreamed of before. And I'm going to use you as the example of the church that loves one another. If you receive that, give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Come on, somebody give him a clap offering. When I came out of my office, stay standing with me. We're going to close in prayer. When I came out of my office, I kids said, are you finished? I said, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. And I said, no, I think I'm finished. I, I studied for hours and hours. You know, I, I study all week. I have notes. I put them together. But I, I said, now I'm going back in. There's a rhema. I have the word. I have the word. I understand the teaching, but there's a rhema. And that's when I got to this last part. And God said, in these crazy times, I'm going to seal you. I'm going to put a seal of my anointing, a seal of my blessing, a seal of my abundance on every one of you that has eyes to see and ears to hear what it is God is saying to the church. It's crazy out there, isn't it? It's crazy out there. It is, it is so crazy, it, does, it doesn't even... You know, I, I watched the thing on Fox the other day, and I just c- came in, and I, I just caught the end of it. And I guess they asked one of the representatives of the White House, what's the answer? What's the answer for our economy, the inflation? And I guess the answer was, write it out. Write it out. Just... just we have no answer. That's what they have no answer. We have an answer. His name is the name above the price of gas. His name is the name above COVID. His name is the name above government. His name is the name above every enemy that's out there. And I read the end of the book, and I know you heard it before, but folks, we win because our God is not just a God. Our God is almighty God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are not losing. We are winning. As a matter of fact, all the world is going to see your life and call you blessed and say, why is it that you are so blessed in these crazy times? And you say, because we love one another and we love God as God first loved us. Somebody say amen. What a... I came in out of my office and I said, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord. He said, tell him I'm sealing you. I'm putting, I'm putting, I'm putting a seal that this world will not penetrate. I, I, I believe, folks, I believe this is a time that every step we take is closer to the power of God. Every moment of our lives, every battle that we go through is going to be quickly defeated. 
God doesn't have time to waste. And he wants all of us and all of you to be a part of that. Can I have an amen? But you know, here's the key. Here's the key. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I'm not going to bring you forward. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I've, I've, never, I've never asked Jesus to be my Savior. I've never become part of the family of God. Or maybe you had it one time, but somewhere along the way you, 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 you slipped away a little bit. Maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. That's all right. This is the day the Lord has made. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. Right where, right in your seat, if you want to ask Jesus or rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to slip your hand up and hold it there one moment. And just keep it up there because I want to see every one of you and acknowledge every one of you. God sees that hand, 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 that hand. God bless you. God sees that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, God bless you. Lift it up real high. Keep it there. That hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, God bless you. All the way in the back. Anybody in the back there? God bless you. That hand, 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 God bless you. Give these wonderful people a great big clap offering. Now, here's what I want to do also before, before, we, before we pray. How many of you here right now would say, Pastor, I need... You know, he said, no more will you go out. When God seals us, and I believe God, when God seals us today, and I believe this is a prophetic word. I know it's a word for the church in antiquity 2,000 years ago, but it is a prophetic word for the coming of the Messiah. When God seals you today, no more will you go out. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know what? With everything that's going on, I'm being, feeling a little afraid. I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm feeling a little double-minded. I'm feeling a little anxious. I'm feeling a little concerned. God's going to do something for you today. If you're one of these people, or in a way, you know, spend less time watching the news and more time reading the good news. Amen. But if you'd say, Pastor, would would you lift me up this morning? I just need that encouragement of the presence of God in my life. Lift your hand up all over the building and say, I'm, I've, got some, I've got some concerns. I've got some things. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. Grab your neighbor's hand all over the building. I am one minute and 12 seconds over, which is really good for me. Which is, a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Lift your neighbor's hand up in victory because we are, we are more than conquerors. Say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with power and authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my home. Get out of my family. 
Get out of my finances. Get out of my future. Get out of my mind, my body, and my spirit. I declare I am more than a conqueror. Every curse is reversed, and every blessing is received. Not someday, but today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you feel sealed in the presence of God, give the Lord a great big clap offering.